0: Up here, and I can't be found. Ground control, are you there? Uh, the voice in my head, it fills the dead air, it says, You got time, you got time.
1: A science fiction podcast. Bonus episode three. Chasm jumper fifty-four underscore vlog two fourteen underscore unedited dot MOV.
0: Please stay up, please stay up, please stay up, please stay up. We good. Okay, good. Let me just get myself centered in the thing. Okay, 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 okay. <clears throat> What's up, guys? It's Chasm Jumper fifty four with. Ugh. No, that's not. Hello, universe. Chasm Jumper fifty four is back. Where did I go? That sounds so stupid. Hey, y'all. Chasm Jumper fifty four here. Uh, I know this is like a different location than where I normally do my vlogs. It's um, it's a bit cramped, and I don't have my like lighting set up or anything, but. Uh, bear with me here. I'm kind of in transit right now. I tell you where I'm going, but it's top secret. No one can know where I am. The fate of the universe hangs in the balance. (laughs) But uh, seriously though, I'll probably like talk about it in a later vid. I just can't right now. Um, anyway... What I want to talk about today is Hieronymus 9s latest post on this whole Hieronymus is secretly evil theory, and why it, like all other posts on this theory, is total bullshit. Honestly, I don't even get why it's gaining any traction in the Doctor Song Phantom. Like, they mainly cite Hieronymus' behavior in season 10 episode 17, which is basically not canon. I mean, it hasn't officially been thrown out by the current writing team, but that scene in Season 13, Episode 4, when Dr. Song examines Hieronymus's brain after they travel to the realm of the Lost, it's heavily implied that Hieronymus had previously been under the influence of the Shadow Guard. And it seems to be, like, a pretty convenient way for the writers to be like, Yeah, we know that Hieronymus was, like, super OOC here, but that's just because she was under the mental influences of a mysterious transgalactic force. Whoopsie! Not to mention that pretty much everyone in the fandom, or, like, anyone with any sense, um, agrees that Banerjee was the worst fucking showrunner in the history of Dr. Song Will See You Now, and had, like, no clue how to write Hieronymus. So, like, she basically had a different personality every episode between seasons 9 and 11, when Banerjee wasn't busy finding ways to, like, write her out entirely. Oh, also? Also? I've been going through interviews and in BTS fans from that era, and, like, I'm starting to think that it wasn't just that Banerjee didn't like Hieronymus as a character, but he actually had a personal vendetta against the actor herself. Which, like, I know, right? Basically, everyone else agrees that Cerise is just, like, super chill to work with and just- <coughs> Okay. That's just- Okay. Uh- I didn't realize that there were spiders on spaceships. I mean, I guess it, like, makes sense. They get into a bunch of places. Hey, little guy. You're not supposed to be here. Or I mean, like, neither am I, I guess. So we're, uh, stowaway buddies. Or we can be stowaway buddies if you don't sneak up on me like that again. I was like, super rude. Hmm. Uh anyway where was I um oh yeah so like we all know that Cerise is like really nice and stuff But like whenever Banerjee was talking about working with her in interviews he always seemed like weirdly hostile and whenever Banerjee is in a vid with Cerise or even just like brought up she gets really uncomfortable and like I used to just think that was because she didn't like him as a writer, but didn't want to say anything bad, which like fair, but I did some digging and I saw that Cerise was dating Rhea Urquhart at the time, which means her metamor was Delosha Sham, which was Banerjee's ex-spouse who he got like really weird about on social media after they broke up. Like, sorry, your ex has five partners, but still doesn't want to be with you. That doesn't mean you have to like take it out on their fucking metamor. Like it's somehow their fault. Also, This, like, kind of explains why the Quentin Nanga plotline was handled so weirdly and, like, basically any romance between a human and Ganonu in seasons 10 and 11 ended horribly. Like, oh no, this can't work out because the cultural differences are too large. Also, like, biology, apparently. Like, I've seen more progressive takes in pre-Jaygov era movies. This dude really got divorced and was just like... Well, I guess interspecies relationships can't work out. I know other fans have called out how the show has handled human-ganonu relationships in the past, but I really think part of it was just, like, this one guy being an asshole. I mean, there was also the fact that he was even, like, allowed to get away with it in the first place, but there really weren't any problems in the previous seasons, and you can see the change immediately after Banerjee leaves the show. But... Honestly, all of this doesn't even get into, like, the heart of the whole theory. I've just been talking about this one thing, but there's so much. Because it just shows, like, this clear misunderstanding, not only of Hieronymus's character, but also Dr. Song themselves And how their entire relationship throughout the series is... Oh. Oh, fuck. Hello?
2: Is anyone there? Surfaced fuck. Hello?
3: Is there something you wanted, Malakai?
2: Oh, hello, Mixco. I didn't see you there. Have you seen anyone else around here? I I thought I heard voices.
3: Ah, have you ever heard forced rhubarb
2: before? What? What? I, I do make a mean rhubarb scone, but I can't say I've ever forced it to do anything. It's usually quite cooperative.
3: Under the right conditions, rhubarb can be grown in total darkness. It's called forcing. It makes the rhubarb grow very fast and results in sweeter stalks. It also tends to make strange popping and crackling noises when it does this. I've been forcing some rhubarb in the crawl space here. Uh, uh... See? That's probably what you were hearing.
2: Well, I suppose that makes sense. Although it really did sound like someone speaking.
3: But yes, uh, sometimes light flight travel can have some odd effects on the growing of plants. It hasn't been studied much, but it seems that forcing rhubarb on a ship in light flight can result in the growing sounding like... A human child talking. I'm not- <sighs> huh.
2: Oh, that's fascinating, next go. I'm
3: doing something of a pilot study here, actually. And if the slightest bit of light gets in, it could ruin the experiment. So, it is very important that no one opens the door to this crawl space.
2: Well, All personal items should be kept either on your person, or within the designated luggage lines. But I suppose we could make an exception, just this once, in the name of science.
3: Thank you, Molokai.
2: Well, enjoy the rest of your flight, Mexico, and don't hesitate to call me over or ask ship if you need anything.
0: Oh, my Nogo! thank you so much. Kid,
3: what in Lump's name do you think you were doing? Uh, vlogging? You told me you were going to be stealthy. Vlogging is not stealthy. You don't understand. There was this post and I had to- I don't care. Whatever the reason, you can't do this again. I might not be there to cover for you next time. Honestly, I'm surprised he
0: believed you this time. I
3: think he was just willing to look the other way. We got lucky. If he thinks to ask that AI to scan for- Oh, don't worry. I've got that covered. You do? Yep. Hmm. Regardless, we're not going to stay lucky forever. Remember, if you get caught, I get caught. And we both get in trouble. So no more vlogging. But- No. More. Vlogging.
0: (sighs) Fine.
3: I have to go check on my actual plans now. Please don't make any noise while I'm gone.
0: Oh, right. This thing is still, um... Hey, everyone. So, uh, something came up and I'm going to have to, like, cut this one short. But uh, be sure to come back next time for my anti-evil Hieronymous Manifesto. Okay, remember to like and subscribe. Bye! Ugh, I have got to find a better sign-off.
1: Thank you for listening to Rogue Maker. This bonus episode, Chasm Jumper 54 underscore vlog 214 underscore unedited mov, was written by Rook Mogavero. The script was edited by Emma Johanna Purinen and Shione C. White. Sound editing was by Emma Johanna Purinen. Original music was composed by Emily Branham, who also sings our theme song. Our cover art is by Tatiana Arkdonder. In order of appearance, this bonus episode featured the voices of... Rook Mugavaro as Kazma Jump Cannon.
2: Alistair Stewart as Malachi Tessera.
1: And... Samuel as Noko. For transcripts and more, check out our website, roguemaker.space. Are you enjoying Roguemaker? As Kazma put it... Okay, remember to like and subscribe. Bye! Consider supporting us by rating and reviewing the show on your podcatcher of choice... You can also follow at RogueMakerPod on Twitter and Instagram, tell a friend about us, or buy us a coffee on ko-fi.com slash RogueMaker. That's ko-fi.com slash RogueMaker. We here at RogueMaker would also like you to know that forced rhubarb is totally real. Look it up. Take care of each other and stay safe out there.